Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Good morning, friends and family. Are you all good this morning? I'm so blessed and privileged to be back here again this morning and preaching in the house. Um, it's awesome. And uh, as Steve said, we've been preaching on the sons of the kingdom and about how they are empowered through a personal, intimate relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So what I'm going to do is just maybe recap on last week quickly and then move ahead with the exciting stuff that I believe I have for this week. Uh, but first, before we go ahead, can we, can we just pray? So we say thank you, Father God, that you are right here, right now. Thank you for your glorious presence. Thank you that you love being in the household with your sons and your daughters. You just love it, Lord. There's nothing more precious to you. And Father, we want to say this morning that we love your presence and we love being with you. And so thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for your word. And I pray that through your Holy Spirit that you would open this word up to us and give us revelation. And, and, and may it cause us to take much ground in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so just to go through um, part one first. So, um, our personal relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, um, just spending time with God, it, what it does, it actually gives us an unobscure, clear vision of kingdom culture, kingdom values, of our DNA and our identity as sons, and also to what God has called us to uh, as sons in his glorious inheritance in the saints. And through the cross, God has done some outrageous things for us. I mean, if we have to think um, about some of the things, they, they're just like incredible. But I felt God wanted us to know that we are far more to him than the things that he has done for us. We are much more than salvation. We're much more than redemption. And that the main reason for the finished work of the cross was so that he could make a way where there was no way so that we could become sons and daughters of the Most High God, so that we could be with him forever. And that's why he made a way. That's the reason. And so to him, our value is far more than what he's done. It's who we are that he really loves. So, as Steve said earlier, <laughs> a servant has no permanent place in the household, but a son belongs to it forever. That's John 8, verse 35. So, we are not orphans. We are not servants. We are not slaves but we are sons of the Most High God. So whatever we do or don't do, we, we, we do because of revelation that we are already sons of God. We're not trying to get there. 
we already are there. And everything flows out of that revelation that we are the sons of God. And for sons, it's not about doing or not doing, but it's more about being. It's about being in His presence. It's about being able to receive His love and His power. It's being about being able to be who you are. It's about receiving everything that He has and being led by the Word and by the Holy Spirit. And so this is eternal life, that you may know the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Intimacy begins with a hunger and a thirst to know God more. Unless we have a hunger and thirst to be in His presence and to, and to connect with God, we're not going to start this beautiful intimate relationship. Because this beautiful relationship will result in enormous growth, fruitfulness in every area of our lives. And then what happens is as sons, we become empowered to live transcending lives. Lives that are not dictated to by performance or by circumstance or by difficulties. Transcending lives. Lives that are able to transcend all those things. Amen. I'm going to read a scripture which I think is quite key to to sonship, and um, it's from Matthew 11, verse 12. It says, From the time of John the baptizer until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful people have been seizing it. And so, to me, the thing of forcefully advancing means that it's never a breeze. It's never just going to be cruising along. There's always going to be against the wind. There are always going to be hardships and obstacles when we begin to try and advance. Always something against us. But actually, the ability to transcend those difficulties and to forcefully advance um, and to seize a hold of the kingdom. What does it mean to to seize a hold, to grab a hold? To, To me, it means that Despite all the hardships and difficulties, we are able to take God's word. We are able to take the kingdom culture and kingdom vision. And we are able to take that and practice it in our lives and do it over and over until it manifests in every area of our lives. And then we are taking ground. Because when we, we are doing that, what we are doing is we are allowing the kingdom culture to come to man. We are taking everything that we know, that we've heard, we're putting it into practice, and we are making it our own. And through that, we are allowing King Jesus to come and reign and rule through us, that every area of our lives will be touched and impacted by the coming kingdom and by the values of the kingdom of God. Then we can say, may it be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's up to us to take that ground, to change the culture around us. If we're not taking ground, and if we're not making the realities of the Word of God our own, putting it into practice, we're not taking any ground. I speak for myself as well. And it's important to not just hear the Word, but to put it into practice until it manifests 
and then walk in it. Amen. So that's part of the, what I was talking about last week, kind of in a bit of a nutshell. And so it's, it's the kingdom values, um, it's culture, it's DNA, and it's identity. And so this now brings me to part two. And part two is like, what does this look like when you are taking ground? What does it look like when you're taking the word and you are now forcefully advancing and it's manifesting in every area of your life and you're changing the culture wherever you go? What does it look like? And, and what are the results of that? And so I thought to myself, I need a person that did that amazingly well so that I can um, use it as an example. And for me, uh, King David immediately <laughs> comes to mind as the best example of a son who walked in the realities, of kingdom realities, through his loving relationship with God, through so many difficulties, so many battles, so many tragedies and hardships, but God brought him through everything. And um, so, yeah, I'd like to bring this out through Psalm 23 and just go through Psalm 23 with you and walk through with you. Steve, can you put that up? So as we know, King David is a forefather of Jesus. He lived about a thousand years before uh, Jesus, and um, to think that that he had a, le- a revelation of grace, um, of the finished work of the cross, a thousand years before Jesus was ever born, and that he walked in it before Jesus even shed his blood on the cross. David walked in the new and everlasting covenant and the realities and the provision of that. He, he tapped into and he was able to extend his and advance to such a degree that he reached into the future a thousand years and he grabbed hold of the new covenant and he pulled it back into his present reality. Incredible. And then he made it his own and he walked in it in his generation. Now, I, I think to me that's the most astounding thing. I don't know anybody else who, who's been able to do that. And to me... That's forcefully advancing. He lived in the time of the Mosaic Covenant, and yet he experienced and lived the full provision of the New Covenant, and um, he received the full blessing of that. So let's have a look. Let's have a look. Um, let's, can we just read through Psalm 23 together? That's the New King James Version. What I'll do as I go through each one, I'm going to, use that as a base, but then there are other translations for each verse that I'd like to just bring in, just to try and expand and help us to understand the realities. Uh, So let's start there. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me 
all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Okay, so let's, let's get going with um, verse 1. Steve, can you just follow as we go through each verse? So, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Um, the easy to read ERV version says, the Lord is my shepherd, I will always have everything that I need. So the first thing is the Lord is. The Lord is my shepherd. That word is makes it a present reality. It's not something that, you know, happens sometimes, sporadically and occasionally. It is now. And you can see here that David is practicing and carrying the presence of God ongoingly. It's 24-7. He's not coming and going. Whatever decision he, he makes, he makes it with God. Jesus is his shepherd, and he's walking with him. And it's a present reality. And he will always walk with Jesus 24-7. And that is, the, that is the, the understanding here, that he is in the now. And then the next word is ma. The Lord is ma shepherd. So that indicates David having an intimate, personal, loving relationship that he knows and he is known by God. Okay? That, that God um, is, is, is personal. God knows him intimately. This is the same God that, that delivered him from the lion and the bear when he, he, was, a, he was a little shepherd boy. And this is the same God that delivered him, uh, you know, from Goliath, the same God that, that actually delivered him from Saul, and so on and so on and so on, to such a point where David knows so clearly that God will bring him through absolutely every difficulty. There's no question. This is my shepherd. Amen. Are you guys with me? You're there. Okay. And then... Uh, the next part of that verse says, I will always have everything that I need. So, Lee, this is God's ability to supply. And it's not based on world economy, uh, but rather on kingdom provision. Because the Lord is our shepherd, and we will lack nothing, because God himself is our protector and our provider. It's him personally. He's our source. We have a limitless supply, simply because we can trust him and rest in the knowledge that he is willing, that he is able to keep us and to take care of us and to provide every single need. Amen. And everything that this passage promises us is the result of just one thing. The Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> it's just one thing. It's not a reward for good behavior or for huge sacrifices but rather it's part of the free gift of grace and the result of having an intimate personal relationship with God where we allow Him to lead us and to guide us and to be our shepherd. We were created to have a loving, ongoing relationship with Him and to be guided by Him, receiving His wisdom and make all our life decisions with Him. And we hear Jesus say, I'm a good shepherd, you know. He's a good shepherd, always. Amen. So that's, let's go to verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Green pastures are places of safety, of rest, of abundant provision. We're at rest. We have perfect peace on the inside. Even when we are hectically busy, um, 
running around and a lot in our place, but on the inside, we have perfect peace through our relationship with God because we, we've ceased from striving. We are not striving. We are just being. And we hear God in Psalm 127 saying, I bless my beloved even while they sleep. Don't eat the bread of anxious toil. Just while you're sleeping, you know, just receive the blessing. Amen. And, and that is the green pastures that we're talking about. And the next is, he leads me beside still waters, and he restores my soul. And still quiet waters speak of refreshing and restoration to Jesus. He's the lover of our souls, and he's restoring and healing broken hearts. And once again, I had a picture of us just lying in shallow water, uh, in a stream, crystal clear, wide river, flat on our backs, head facing upstream, and the water of life just coming and flowing from the shone and just swirling around us. But it wasn't just swirling around us, it was going through us. And it was just cleansing us, bringing wholeness, bringing healing, restoration, pain gone, nothing missing, nothing broken anymore, 100% completely whole, restored by the lover of our souls. How many times David needed that? He went through many tragedies, but yet the one thing that he knew was where to go to get healing and restoration, where to find the lover of his soul. Amen. Are you guys with me there? Are you? Cool. Okay, then the next one is, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And I have the RV version which says, he leads me on right path to show that he is good. God always wants to lead us to make the right decisions and to choose paths that will lead to success and, and provision and prosperity and not to defeat and not to failure or suffering. He's always willing and he's always able and he wants to show us that he is good, that he's a good, loving dad. He really wants to show us and he can lead us far better than we can ever lead ourselves. Why, why are we trying to be independent? Why are we somehow thinking that we, we can do a better job? Um, but yet, when we walk with God, it's always good, and the results are always the best outcome for our lives, because he's a good shepherd. And when we seek him with all our hearts and spend time in his presence, we become sensitive to hear what he's saying, to discern the right path to the peace in our hearts, and which rules and reigns in our hearts, and then he will lead us then in the way that we should go. And then we hear in, in Proverbs 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. And then again in Proverbs 16, 3, Turn to the Lord to help in everything that you do, and you will be successful. Some translations say, Put God in charge of all that you do, and all your plans will succeed. Hey, Robbie. Yeah. Uh, which is amazing. Put God in charge, eh? Can't go wrong with that. 
Um, and so if we can just remember, as David did, just to bring God into every equation. The moment we remember to bring God into the equation, that's 90% of the battle already won. Amen. And then verse 4 says, uh, I'm going to read a translation from the Living Bible. It says, Even when walking through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me, guiding and guarding me all the way. Isn't that amazing that when I walk through the valley of death, I will not be afraid. He was talking about spirit of fear and fear. And here, I love this translation because it says you are close beside me. It's like he's close beside us. He's guiding and guarding. Guarding. He's guarding. <laughs> Listen, hey, nothing. When God is guarding us, ain't nothing is going to come near us. This is God we're talking about. He's guiding and guarding me all the way. Wow, that is so liberating. I love that. And so, yeah, you know, we all experience hardship and difficulties of walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But we are walking through. We are not camping there. This is not a place where we're camping. We are just walking through. And our walk is not going to be that long. We mustn't behave like people that are camping in the valley. We're not people that are camping. We're walking through. And he's guarding and guarding. He's with us all the way, close beside us, leading us and guiding us out into a spacious place. Amen. The more time we spend in his presence, the more we are confident that he is with us. And then the less we have to fear anything whatsoever. The more time we're in his presence, the more we are clear that he is always with us, the less we have to fear absolutely anything. Amen. The next one is, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So I'm my beloved's and he is mine. We belong to the almighty God. We're in the palm of his hand. And no one can take us out of his hand. He himself is our protector. And we're covered by his precious blood 24-7. We're constantly under the waterfall of his love, of his goodness, of his grace, of his mercy. Constantly. It never stops flowing over us. Doesn't matter what the enemy is going to throw at us. What can the enemy throw at us that God is not able to keep us through? We are the only ones that can take us ourselves out of God's hand. There's nobody else that has the power to do that. Nobody. So even in the most difficult situations, we we can rest in Him. We can feast on His perfect love on his abundant provision and in peace, just at rest with God. Amen. And then the next bit is you anoint my head with oil.
in the Jewish custom, um, only honored guests were anointed, had their head anointed with oil. And so when we spend time with God, God honors us um, with the time, valuable, precious time we spend with Him. We receive a fresh anointing every time we, we go and spend time with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We receive a fresh anointing from the anoint, anointed one. The, 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 the empowering grace to live the transcending life that we are called to, to take ground, to see, comes from His presence, comes from His abundant um, grace. And it's not just empowering grace, it's acceptance grace as well. It's like we know we are so accepted, we know we are so loved, and we know that that love is constant, that it's permanent. And then we have all the weapons, the mighty weapons that He's given us, which empower us. And then there's the power of His presence as well. You know, and you get to a place where your faith is so built up and you're so strong that you can walk through every single difficulty. The head speaks of the mind of Christ and godly wisdom. Spiritual eyes to see, to perceive, to discern, and the ears to hear. What God is saying. It gives us the ability to, to lead well, to lead ourselves and to lead others well, to make God decisions, not good decisions, God decisions, that will result in huge fruitfulness in our lives. When we make the correct Godly decision every single time, we impact our lives in such a positive way. And then the next part of that is my cup runs over. So the more time we spend in His presence, the more we receive of His love, His life, His empowering grace, the more we begin to receive and receive and receive until we begin to overflow. Lee was talking about overflowing. We are full. We have more than enough of everything. We are blessed to be a blessing. Okay? And we can bring life now in the dry places. Because we have life, and we are overflowing, and wherever we are going, we are bringing life. And when we are doing that, then we are, as He is, so are we in this world. Because that is Jesus' mission statement. It becomes our mission statement. As He is, so are we. 1 John four seventeen. We are also overflowing. We are also a blessed, blessed to be a blessing. And we are bringing abundant life. We are changing the culture around us. We are changing situations and circumstances through the love of God, through the power and the dominion and the authority of a coming kingdom, the kingdom of God. We are exercising it. We are walking in it. It's ours. Amen. And then in the last verse, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So, <laughs> the direct Hebrew translation literally says, Surely goodness and mercy shall hunt me down and all the days of my life. We don't have to seek the blessing. It's already following us. We don't have to run around trying to find it. And 
we don't need to pursue the blessing because it's already pursuing us. It's attracted to us. Like a magnet is attracted to metal. So we're just walking. And so we see just here with David where he talks about Psalm 27 verse 4. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may, I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And the second part is that I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is, translation is a present future tense. I am, as a son of God, living right now in the house of God. I will be living in the house of God tomorrow. And I will always be living with God in the household of God. Amen. So, yeah, maybe if you guys, if you, if you don't mind to just stand, I'd just like to, just to pray a bit into, into this. I think God is speaking a lot to us today through King David, through the psalm, through a favorite son of God. He, he loved David's heart, and David did so many mistakes and messed up so many times, but, but he always went back to God, and, and God pulled him through every situation. And so I felt God saying to us today, just like David, you are co-heirs, you are warrior kings, you are royal priests, but most of all, most of all, you are my beloved sons and daughters of my household. And so today I'd like us to come into agreement with that. Come into agreement with who God says you are as, as his sons. And then to learn to go to Jesus, the lover of our souls, the shepherd and guardian, to receive everything that we need. And so the question right now is, what do you need in your lives? What do I need in my life to move forward and to take new ground in your life? What do you need? Because that's what God wants. God wants us to move, move forward and advance and take ground. Do you need a place of safety and rest? Do you need refreshing and restoration? Do you need guidance? Are you standing at the crossroads right now and you don't know which way to go? Are you walking through the valley of the shadow of death and you just need to know that He is beside you and that He is with you, that He will bring you through into a spacious place? Has your cup run dry? Do you just need a refilling and an overflowing and an anointing from the Holy Spirit? So whatever your needs are, let's just ask Him Right now, can we just keep our, put our hands out and just receive? Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for sonship, Father. We <laughs> thank you that you made a way where there was no way so that we could become members of your household, so that we could become adopted as your sons. It's such a privilege. And we love you, Dad. We love spending time in your presence. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your loving kindness. They are hunting us down. They are following us. We can never, never evade them, Lord God. If we tarry, they'll overtake us, God. Every blessing from the heavenly realm, Father. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now for your amazing presence. It's only your ministry that can give us all the things that we need. So I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, 
You know every need in every heart, including mine, Holy Spirit. And so I pray right now that you would come and just minister to each of your sons and daughters here right now. Bless them, Lord, and just give them everything that they need right now to begin to advance, forcefully moving forward, and seizing a hold of everything that you paid a price for that we would seize and make our own, Lord. You paid a price for us. And God, we want everything that you have for us. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, right now. Just You're touching people. You're touching me. And I thank you for your life, for your ministry. Your empowering grace. Thank you, Lord.